And I feel confident, at least in my experience, that I put a pretty good effort into a spiritual seeking. I wasn't like a half-assed person. I actually did meditate a lot every day for years, and I did retreats, and I spent a lot of time studying and meditating and, you know, listening to talks about how to meditate clearer and this and that and that and this. And I came out of it all with a with a belief that it's a flawed system, that it really reinforces one of the biggest dilemmas that I've ever run into without knowing it because I was always in it. And that is this dilemma of the doing and having based on you as the doer. That your condition where you find yourself now is totally based on what you did or didn't do and what you have and don't have. And the change in that condition is also going to be based exactly to the amount of what you do or, and have or don't do or don't have. And that, to me, is a bogus system. It just doesn't work because the dilemma in all the doing and having, there's no dilemma, actually, with the doing and having. It's what it implies is that there's a doer, and that's the dilemma. The belief that you are a long-lasting, independent, separate entity and that is actually what I believe is the root of the problem, is we're identified as a self. We're not obsessed with self. That's what the mind does to reinforce the identification. So we're trying to stop an effect of an engine that we don't never even know how to turn off. We're just trying to slow the wheel, which is called obsession with self, but the wheel is spun by the identification of self. To try to stop that wheel without addressing the identification, you'll be busily trying to stop that wheel constantly. And I found you may get some relief of being run over by that wheel, but inevitably it always overrides any efforts and attempts to stop it or change it. Hasn't it? Because we're always still seeking, aren't we? Um, my experience is, if you actually, I don't like the word found, but if you actually found what's really authentic, your seeking would change dramatically. In one sense, the seeking is valid because it's pointing out that you've never experienced or sensed what's really so. Because once that is touched, the seeking has a possibility of diminishing. But all the solutions that we've run into, I believe, became a bigger problem. So like meditation, it's a beautiful thing, I guess, for some people. You sit down and meditate, but when you're a self, the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, which is a product of a mental process. It is a product. The brain is producing the sense of being a self. It's making it. It can't create it, but it can make it seem like it's so. And if that is, if the idea of being a long-lasting, and it's a sense, not just thought, thinking about you, but a sense of being an individual entity, and there's a different entity out there, and this place is real and solid and has a huge amount of power to attract me, it's this. Yeah? That belief and that way of traveling causes a lot of heaviness in one's life. Yeah? So if I'm seeing it from that point of view, the self is a product of a mental process. To try to get out of self as the self is impossible because a product of a mental process can never leave the mental process that made it. There is no, you are never going to transcend this, the realm of dilemma that you seem to be in. 
you may get therapized and make it a little better and maybe the hell that you seem to be inhabiting will drop down a, a degree or two, the hotness of it, and then you'll feel like there's great progress. But the, the idea of, this idea of being a self, a long-lasting independent separate entity, that's produced, and this is my humble invitation, that's produced by a mental process cannot possibly ever leave the mental process because it only exists, seemingly exists, in the mental process. So, that's why self can't get out of self. Mind can't get out of mind, because there's no out of mind. There's only the feeling of being in mind. The sense or the experience here of being out of mind is still being in mind. There is no real sense of being out of mind as mind. There is no real sense of being out of mind or self as self. There's a sense of being in self, yes? And in that sense, there's a sense that you, you have these experiences of being out of self, but that's in self. Because self cannot transcend the process. And we're saying, man, that would be terribly, terribly inconvenient if you were a self. But it's your freaking solution. Because you are not of a mental process. Your attention and consciousness, not yours, but the consciousness that's expressing itself here, has become identified with what it's moving through, which is, let's say, the body. And the mental process has claimed the body, but you actually notice, if you've experienced some of the whippings of the mental process, it really doesn't like the body. It really doesn't give a fucking flying shit about the body. But it's its ally to convince you that you are what it's saying you are, which is this independent, separate entity. And then, it's infected the thought process, which is a mental process, and that thought process is the seed of the disease. And the crowning achievement of the seed of the disease is the idea of being a self, and that disease, or that parasite, which exhibits an incredible hostility when it takes you over, will be put up with, and born, and sterilized, and socialized, and and adapted to because you can't entertain being free of it. Because you're identified as it. If you were in a place, and that place sucked, and at every corner there was a bus out of it, and you kept staying in that place, then you've got to look at what's going on. Yeah? Because there's a very easy escape from it. But when you're identified as that idea of being a self, you cannot entertain as a self being free of it. Because you're entertaining being free of it as a self. Yeah? Not a self, because it's as a self. The verb as is that it seemingly appears, at least to you, that you're a self. So as that appearance, that I'm a self, it cannot entertain being free of itself. It's an impossibility. That would be total voidness, and it cannot do that. That thought system cannot rock or understand voidness or emptiness. So many of us who have been in recovery and are in recovery, many of us, first, when we came in here, we may have, you know, we may have had an inkling, but most of us thought that a lot of our troubles were going to stop when we were going to stop drinking. And a lot of the outside consequences did. But then, it was a very sobering experience when you realized you didn't actually get to the cause of the disease because you were still screwed up immeasurably after years of practicing. You were still being dominated by something. 
So there was a misidentification even about the solution. I mean, I believe certain things that I thought they were totally based on me using cocaine. And when those behaviors were exhibited in my, in my life, in my first second, first, second, and third year sobriety, it was a rude freaking awakening. Because I had made a nice story, oh, this was all caused by that, and when that stopped, then those, those things wouldn't appear in my life, but they appeared in my life. So I had to sort of readjust and get sober about something. Hey, I am, mis I am misdiagnosing this disease. It's not something that I have. It is the I that thinks it has something. It is the I that thinks it has something. That's the disease. And if that's not seen, then it'll always be an I that thinks it has something, yes? And there's no freedom in that. Yes? Because what's... The disease is having the eye. That's what it is. <laughs> it makes up the eye, and then the eye that it makes up claims the disease. It's so freaking crazy. Eh? I mean, do you, would, can you imagine if someone had cancer, and, they, and, and there, was a, there was a solution offered? There would be a line around the block for everyone who had cancer. But have you ever seen some of us sashaying to a recovery meeting? And how nonchalant we're sitting there? still harboring the right and the entitlement to get loaded, as if there's a fucking option. If you ever ended up in this room, it's pretty much, life is demonstrating to you, you know, it's over, bro. <laughs> Time to uh, sort of <laughs> reappraise the situation. You, uh, I've had people talk to me for hours, and the, their whole conversation, not knowing or not, was they thought they had a choice. That they could get loaded. And they did seem to have a choice about they could get loaded, but they have no choice of what's going to happen when they get loaded. <laughs> it's going to be the same old, same old, same thing when you act down. Same, 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 same. The insanity of mind thinking it's going to be different. It's not different. <laughs> so when I started entertaining that I wasn't that, then I could easily see from that point that I wasn't all these other mental processes, like thinking, yeah, that I wasn't the object of thoughts, nor was I the thinker. And that was the freedom from thought. Not learning how to have positive thoughts, because you're not having a thought. If you did, then stop. If you're having the thoughts, then only have positive thoughts. If you're having the behavior, then knock it off. If you're having the feelings, then pick out the nice ones you like and elongate them, and the short ones, short, I mean the nasty ones, shorten them. Yeah. If you're the big mover and shaker, start moving and shaking. Produce some result in your life. Bring about the peace that you so badly want. See what happens. Are you doing it? No. Then I guess you can't. Then maybe... What, you, what you're taking you to be is just an aside. It's just a narrative about the game of life. It's just, you're right in the field, and yet you're sitting up in the booth thinking you're op you know, opining about the game. How is it going? And who, what team should win from your bias point of view? And who's playing well and who isn't? Yeah, but all the while, life's happening. It's a verb, and yet you've neutered it, and you're taking an interpretation from your head. We get upset when someone tells the truth about us, but you haven't been listening to lies about, quote-unquote, you since you were a kid. Literally. You did.
did not start out like this. You've been conditioned into this belief. You were an expression. If you ever see a baby, there's no sense of being a kid, a person. They don't have any name to what's happening. Consciousness is getting used to expressing itself through like this, like a frantic, nervous puppet, you know? They're just trying to learn how to move the engine and do this, and they don't know what's going on. And then they get, they get indoctrinated. It gets passed on to them. One slave to the next. Yeah, here you go. Hi, look at how special you are. This and that and this and that. And then the separation occurs and whammo, bammo. Instead of life happening, it's now happening to me. It's the same life. It's just your interpretation gives it a new direction. And I'll tell you, if a hugeness called life is happening to you, you're going to be overwhelmed by it. If you see life is just happening, you can go away, you can swim with it. But if you think it's happening to you, you're going to be so righteously pissed why something you want isn't happening, and on and on and on and on. Yeah? We're saying, if you could have changed your behavior, you would have already. If the self could have brought you the peace you so dearly seem to want, then it would have already. It's impossible. It can't deliver the goods. We're relying on something unreliable, and our lives are showing that. So all we're sitting here for is Give it a shot. If you believe it's obsession with self, then work on self as a self and see how much results you get. You'll get a lot of results, but you won't have a radical shift where you don't need results anymore. The need to be liberated is removed. This is totally okay as it is. Acceptance isn't a giant chore that you have to try to practice. How could you ever practice acceptance? It's impossible. Acceptance comes from a change in vision. Yeah. A psychic change occurs, and now you said, because it's the easiest path of all, for me to be in acceptance about this room is to find no fault in anything that's happening here. I don't want you not to be here, nor do I want you to be here. Yeah. I, everything is as is, it's just totally okay. Yeah. So your mind doesn't have to play, I want to move this and play the little God game. It just stays open and big and flows. Yeah. It's like being circulated. It's like the stagnation of blood finally gets released from all these dams, and now life is flowing. And you can you sense that feeling. It's and I it's well, how it translates for me is you travel lighter. Yeah. It doesn't change the geography of your life, but you travel lighter over it. So I don't know when I first heard this thing. I think I was nine years, ten years sober. Now, the time doesn't matter. But when I heard it, what was incredible was the flavor didn't come from outside. The flavor was already in here. Yeah? And actually, the flavor, the knowing, prior to all this baloney, the knowing came out and met the invitation. And it was an unspoken yes here. Yeah? And every day I've ever shared now, for years, has always come, it is, a, it is a very, very coarse and crude attempt for this apparatus to convey what's going on. Yeah? But the, the conveyance isn't it. The conveyance is motivated by this. This does not motivate, the conveyance doesn't motivate this. The conveyance, conveyance is an invitation hopefully to stimulate what you already are. Because everything else is numbing it. 
all the times we rehash thoughts every freaking day, that we rehash feelings, even in recovery, they call it, they say resentment. What is a resentment? It, it is to refeel something. I'm saying every feeling you have is a refeeling. Every thought that's ever gone on in your head is a rethought. And every acting out is just a rehashing of an acting out. There's nothing new under the sun in this little realm as with the self as sun. There's nothing new under that self-sun. So I entertained it. And the only way, reason, you know, if that unspoken yes had become an experience, I would have moved on to the new turbocharged. I'd still be running around in Southeast Asia sitting with people I thought had something I don't have. Yeah. But what occurred was, and this is what I love about recovery, because it's not like an advertising campaign, like the stuff in our head. Yeah? That the only product you get is more hope about someday maybe it'll get better. And what happens is you redress the same old possibility, being saved by either a woman or a man, money or a place, or this and that. It's the same, same. I've had seven fairy princesses. It was the same freaking possibility. I was hoping someone would save me. <laughs> of course they had to fail because I don't need to be saved. Literally. So, what occurred is, I started to entertain this, and I got results. I'm not talking about I got results, but results started to leak out of this, yeah? And the proof is in the freaking pudding. And I'll tell you, we've been so dismissed from being able to just to recognize when something works. And we're so used to explaining why it isn't working and excusing why it isn't working and rationalizing why it hasn't delivered the goods yet. It's usually putting the spotlight of the failure on you. I need to do something more. I need to meditate more. I need to do more. But once you get something that actually is a solution, it fulfills the definition of that word. Yeah? There is a peace that comes over you. You will see a radical change in how this moves through life. I'll tell you, the proof is in the freaking pudding. So, like, I don't, I like, I don't know exactly what Jesus meant, obviously, but I like a lot of the things they say he said. And one of them is, you'll know the tree by the fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. So, you'll know the tree by the fruit. In a way, for me, that's so beautiful because you can't know what you are. To do that, what you're not would have to be real. Yeah? For you to know what you are, what you're not would have to be real, and what you are would have to be an object to it. So you could know it. No. You are that, so you can never know it, but you can, there's an intimation of it by the fruit. Yeah? So when peace starts becoming uh, the abiding state, when you're chilled out, when you seem to travel quite well, and there may be a lot of different signs for you, but these signs or these intimations, though you don't need it, they are a verification. You're onto something. Yeah. So once you turn around, and actually now you think you're looking, you're thinking looking at life, but now it's actually moving through you, 
instead of looking at life, thinking it's coming from you or to you, you're looking back at the light like Taoism. If you ever heard of Taoism, it's an old Chinese way of life. Taoism, they say, turn the light upon itself. So your light, your attention, your awareness, it's not your awareness, but the awareness of consciousness, turn it upon itself. Not as this, this is not you, but as itself. Yeah? So you are that light that maybe you're seeking for. You are that light, but not as this. So if that light is identified as this, it will think of itself as an object for this to maybe find. Once the consciousness or the spirit becomes an object to you to find, then you can entertain the possibility of living without it. And voila, this world is born. Feeling as if, if God is everywhere, I must be in a special somewhere because I'm not sensing what people say God is. Love and eternal life and peace. So obviously, I must be somewhere other than everywhere. This is what we inhabit. We inhabit the unit the unitary, the small, the very, very limited system of self where we can be isolated and alone, where we can believe we have private thoughts and private feelings that no one else has and private reactions to life. Yeah? And then we suffer all, not knowing that law of unintended consequences. We were probably, the mind was probably assuming it would be really great to be the only one, <laughs> the god of my little realm. But it didn't realize there was unintended consequences. <laughs> so if your mind, like if it's like a giant, like a great jazz player, like John Coltrane, yeah, who could riff unbelievably. You give him a little theme, like my favorite things, and he could riff for 40 minutes on it. Huh? You give your mind the a little idea of separation, look what it can do. <laughs> you can appear here, actually the source of all love, looking for love. And having a feeling that you've never been loved in your life. That's what a mind can do with the idea of being separate. <laughs> it has a lot of power, man. You better be careful what you entertain. Because it will produce a pretty good movie of it. And of course you're, you're in rapt attention because you're part of the movie. You're thinking you're the one that has to live through the movie, but you are part of the movie. The idea of being a you. You are you as that. The idea of that is a mental process. It is a product of a mental process. So you have consciousness, you don't have it, but consciousness is there. Well, consciousness can become conscious of the awareness. But it can become conscious as the awareness as this. It will think it's becoming conscious of the awareness as that. Yeah? So conscious, the awareness will be that, and I'll be this. What happens is when the consciousness starts entertaining that, it realizes there isn't a this, and all there is is that. <laughs> so consciousness finally recognizes its home. It's like the story of the two lions, you know, when the young lion has forgotten its nature and it's been growing up like a sheep and trying to be the best sheep it can be. And you know, I didn't get the manual how to be a sheep. He's a little lost and confused, but he's doing the best he can. And he's, got, he's disassociated from the unbearability and disease because he thinks it's his fault that he feels unbearable disease. He doesn't take any of the alarms as an alarm. He just uses it to beat itself up. But 
maybe one day he could, you know, an old lion runs into him and he drags that young lion over to a pond and sticks both heads over and they, the young lion sees the reflection and immediately realizes it's a lion. Yeah? So that's sort of like consciousness. When consciousness is confronted in or as awareness, why it seems to be hidden from you because you believe your conscience has this. And this shields the truth from the truth. Because you think you're entertaining the truth. That's the lie. Consciousness is true. The awareness is true. You're sensing something. But the story that it's you as this sensing the truth is not true. Yeah? So the truth has no power in your life because you're not true. <laughs> the truth is true. I mean, obviously. But you can't seem to access it because what's trying to access it is not true. When that's dropped, when you tell you when you tell the truth about what you're not, that's the access of the truth. <clears throat> because you're the truth. Masquerading as what you're not. If you tell the truth about what you're not, that's the access of the truth. And then you see that it is always available at all times with no requirement necessary to meet it. Because there's no meaning of it. It's already it's totally applicable. It's it's already activated. It's, it's like an eternal verb. There's, no, there's nothing you need to do to activate it to be in your life because it's already... You're like the fish in that ocean that doesn't realize it's wet. You're, you're totally immersed in this. And you go, well, how could I not feel it? Well, just think of in your physicality. Think of gravity. Did you go to a cafe today and hear anyone complain about the effects of gravity? Did you? Did someone say, man, gravity's really been heavy on my right shoulder this week. How about you? Has it been bothering you? I think you're a little off. Like, gravity's a bitch, isn't it? No. Yet, a physical force all day that you're under. Do you have any recognition of it? Do you feel it? No way. You feel it constantly, therefore you don't feel it. You need, it, you need the absence of it to have an experience of it. That's why it's hard to catch what we are, because there is no absence of it. You can't have it absent and then have an experience when it's there and then have it disappear again. It's always so, so it doesn't seem like it's ever so to us. Our mind can't recognize what's always here. It needs something to move, something that wasn't here to come into the frame, then it recognizes it. But if it's always been the frame, it misses it. It's really, do you think the fish is, do you believe the fish thinks it's wet? No, no fucking wet. That's just looking at, it sees other fish trying to eat it, and shells it wants to eat, and kelp, but I, I'm sure it has absolutely no idea of the medium it's in. Well, our difference is there's consciousness that can become aware of itself. Unfortunately, it's aware of us now, all day. The us meaning the mental process called selfing and the physicality of the body. It's hyper-aware of that. You're hyper-aware of your thoughts, aren't you? Aren't they what drive you crazy? What else could drive you crazy? How could yesterday drive you crazy? Unless you think about it. Really, how could the future provoke anxiety now unless you think about it? The future has no power. It doesn't exist. Nor does the past. So the power must be relayed from you through thought back on you. As this. Must be, yeah? How could something with no power have such an effect on you? I mean, it doesn't exist, does it? Does last Monday exist? Does next Friday exist? 
Do thoughts about next Friday and last Monday exist seemingly to you? And that reality you give that gives reality to that. And that reality gives you the opportunity to have resentments and regret and nostalgia and memories and anxiety about what's going to happen to who? You. You as what? This. So I don't know, I entertained it, yeah? And I've been entertaining it for a while. It's not even I entertain it. It's, it's impossible to say not entertain it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because... <laughs> it's like in a... You know, in spiritual, spirituality, they would say, there's, all there is is consciousness. Or spirit, let's say. But in this place where spirit appears to be other than spirit, yeah, spirit can appear to be material, heavy, solid, yeah. And it can pe- seem to be ephemeral, you know, whatever. But Or consciousness can appear to be conscious or unconscious. But consciousness is consciousness. It can appear to be unconscious and conscious here, only to a you. It does not appear to be that way to consciousness. Yeah? Consciousness in its singularity, recognizes the, all the appearances in that same singularity. This is the expression of two-ness here, or duality, the body. Your mind works. Yes, no, high, low, male, female, good, bad, you know, night, day. All of this seems to be the case. Everything is separated into two-ness. And you are the example of that two-ness. That two-ness can never entertain oneness. It's oneness, it's telling the truth that I'm not the two-ness, that's the recognition of oneness. Because the movement of, of oneness, recognizing it isn't two-ness, that's oneness. That's the verb of oneness here. It's called being awake. And the fact is, we all are awake, but our attention and interest is enslaved to what causes us to seem unconscious with the hopes that we'll be conscious after we do what? The next class, or the next retreat, or the next practice, or the next this, or the next that. It's always put off. And you always have a big role in what's going to be achieved or not. In other words, I'll know God, but if I don't want to know God, I'll live as if I don't know it. And if I really want to know God, then I'll live as if I I know God. Who's God in that role? You, your head. Your head is telling you that some, because of some other thing like this, I'm so freaking confused and caught up, therefore it, the reality is I'm separate from the, from the truth. That's such bullshit. You can't separate from what you are. You are that. You can only act as if you, that's who you are. And then, that act is fucking boring. <laughs> Seriously. So I started to entertain that. And then what happened is I was doing these workshops. This is just a story. I was doing these workshops in AA based on steps. And people would come with paper and pen, and I wasn't giving any instructions on how to do the fourth step anymore. <laughs> so about five or six years, it was like misadvertising at the dry dock. It would say fourth step workshop, but no fourth step was happening. <laughs> so finally, we changed it. Yeah, And I have nothing right wrong about the fourth step. But the thing for me... This was sort of like a quantum leap, yes? And there was no going back. 
cut that out other presentations. Even though I wanted to, I tried a couple of times. I tried to stay on point, but then after 10 or 15 minutes, bye-bye. I was just gone again. Because this, <laughs> this, this was a different beast. It, had a diff- it was a different beast to it all. It didn't have me as the central point. It was up to me to do this, to get that. It had really nothing to do with me as this. And that's the great relief. Because if it has something to do with me, if I believe I achieve something, my head will believe I can do something to lose it. If I'm giving everything all the meaning it has, what I found as this, I give tons of things the meaning that they're more powerful than me. Yeah. That my peace is fragile and very vulnerable. And if I don't try to control my situation and system, that the world will fuck with me. My peace will just go out the window. Everyone will make noise when I'm meditating and da da da. And I won't have enough money to go to that retreat. And it all becomes based on outside circumstances and situations. And if I do do something and I do get something, my head immediately entertains that I can do something to lose it. There's no escape from the system of duality up there. There's none. You cannot win when it's a two-sided coin. Because one side means winning to you, and the other side obviously has to mean losing to you. So this is just a humble invitation to entertain what's already so, no matter what your circumstances are. What, know that your mind wants to direct the attention and interest that's happening to, the, to these topics of mind to get obsessed with so that something it wants to solely forget can seem to be forgotten only in time. But the suffering that you go under following that course, so let's say you you hit this point and it says, someone finally hits you that, Jesus, I don't really want to be free. I'm selfish. I want to want to be free. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a beautiful revelation. So you'll give up, give up the pretense of thinking this wants to be free because it definitely does not want to be free. It wants to look like it's free in its little confines. Yeah. So it's a great news. What a relief. I don't want to be liberated. What a fucking relief. I don't want to be a saint. I actually don't want to be of help to you. I'm liberated from it all. Then you are truly of service because now... You're attending, you're sensing that presence, you are available, and you're of service. It has nothing to do with this. If you spend any time trying to convince this up here, you have to realize it has the idea of, it has the concept of being convinced, and it also has the concept of unconvinced. The convincing we need is different. You cannot base your life on this convincing, because I've seen people share with such conviction, and the next day they're loaded. Hundreds and hundreds. I've seen people share with such conviction that they really want relief, but they're unwilling to do any of the work that A sets up. Yeah. The proof is in the pudding. How are you traveling? Yeah. Literally. How are you traveling? Are you infecting others with your story of your demise? And yet you have all the opportunity to get out of it? And you see, hey, I don't want to be free. 
And the great news is, hallelujah, because you're not that. Yes? You're not that that wants to be free, because if it wants to free, it be free, it doesn't want to be free. Yeah? And it's going to play a game. But if you are inherently free, the game's over. That's all we're offering here. You are what you're trying to avoid or you're seeking. <laughs> you are that. as a self, you better fucking get some help. <laughs> Literally. Because you're not going to get that incredible glorious sense of entitlement you may feel have. There is no, there's no cash in your account. <laughs> you got to do something. You got to get a pail of water. You got to do some writing. You got to do whatever you need to do to sort of get something moving. Because this philosophy is not a philosophy. It's an invitation. This is not another tool for your head to make it a little more bearable than the nest of self. It's not that. That's not its intent. Its intent is to free you from the idea of being that. See this guy? I saw this guy you now. He came into this meeting and he said, I don't know why he said it, but he says, my idea is trust is, he says, oh, do you believe people have to earn your trust? And, uh, and he said, why not? And he says, well, what happens here? People earn your distrust, in a way. If I have people come to me and tell, talk to me a good talk every freaking day, but they don't do anything, I don't listen to what they have to say. I want some fucking proof. <laughs> you know what I mean? I really want it to be different. Well, go ahead then. Admit that you have no power to change anything. Well, I'll go up to the cave, I'll go up to that mountain and lay down and stay up for 24 hours a minute, but I won't go home and write about it. <laughs> then have what you got. See how you like it. But if you try to apply I'm not that when you think you have all this stuff, it doesn't work, does it? Yeah. It just doesn't work. Get a pail of water, put out the fire, or burn yourself in it. That's what you want. Yeah? I don't know. I love this message. It's so clean because it has nothing to do with time. Yeah? All that work that was, has been put in advertising a fearful life and a regretful life based on self, one nanosecond of entertaining this, that whole life, if it had like hundreds of yards of, of Chalkboards, they'd be erased in a nanosecond. Why? Because it wasn't so. If it was real, it would have taken time to remove it. It's not real. Like that. You are inherently free, so anytime it's entertaining. Do you think freedom has to look like you had a day of freedom? It's moment to moment. Moment to moment, the mind is either appearing as if it's dying to the self or as the self. If it's dying as a self, you're listening to all the thoughts in your head, you're believing this is a real solid place, you're a real solid, I'm separate, you're separate, blah, 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 blah. That's dying as a self. Dying to the self is you have an immunity to the thoughts. Yeah? You're being directed, not you, but there's a direction and a movement happening that's not being narrated or taken to be the narration. 
The conscious contact becomes your gold standard, not your interpretation of the day, but the living of the day. Yeah? The living of the day becomes the gold standard. That's hearing, seeing, feeling, tasting, smelling. Yeah? The consciousness that's recognizing all of these experiences, not the idea that thinks it's having them. Yeah? Not the mental process that thinks it's having all these experiences, but the conscious contact, which is the experience. Yeah? The habit experience entertains that you could not have the experience. How has that ever worked yeah, when you were in the experience? Did that experience offer you offer you the opportunity not to have it? If you're having an experience right now, is that experiencing offer you not to have the experience? No, but that's what your head thinks. After the experience happens, it entertains, well, that didn't have to happen. If I would have said this, that would have gone. What if I should have? Let me do it. Hey, can I have a, a do-over? Let's stop. Let it, no. The experience happened, and you cannot not have it. But does the head, the conditioned head, travel through experiences like that? No. It goes over every experience with its little tentacles, and it starts digging around, saying, it shouldn't have been this way, I could have had it better, this and that. That's selfing. It's like the shit, and then going through the shit, looking for some nutrient. It's selfing. Whatever happened, happened. That's that. And what's not happening is not happening. That's that. How hard is it to recognize, just obviously, that next Friday isn't happening? If that can be held, that next Friday's not happening, then all the thoughts happening in your head about next Friday, you'll have some kind of immunity to them. Because their whole basis is that there's a reality called next Friday. But in fact, right now, there isn't a next Friday, is there? You have to conjure it up by thought. So if you entertain what's happening and what's not happening, if you entertain what's happening, you will have an immunity to what's not happening. If you don't entertain what's happening, and what's happening will be the field where what's not, happen not happening is entertained. If you don't entertain what's happening, what's happening will be the field that what's not happening is entertained in. We're using now what's happening to entertain what's not happening. If you would drop in, it's not you anyway, this language is a subjective language used by objects. The language, all languages are subjective languages used by objects. A body is an object and it's talking as if it's the subject. I'm the doer, I'm the haver. It is not the doer or haver. The object talks as, talks as if it's a subject. So when I go, you, yeah, I'm hoping just indicating something. I'm not saying you as the you. Yeah? Because you don't do anything. So this whole point is, when I'm taking this object as the subject, it puts me into this world of subject-object. Us and them. The baby is not there right now. The baby has not taken this to be the subject. Yeah? It's in pure subjectivity. It's not identified as a body. Therefore, it doesn't see Papa or Mama as a body for a long period of time. There's no separation. They've done these studies on it already. Yeah? So that subjectivity, acknowledged, has a sense of oneness. Once the subjectivity becomes identified as the object, two-ness sets up. Yeah? 
Once tunis sets up, yes, everything now becomes an object to you, and that object is looked on to either produce a desire that I want or an aversion that I don't want. Yeah? So mine now has this incredible place to move. I'm going to move towards this because this will make me better. I'm going to move away from that because this will not. And maybe it gets sick of it, and so it tries to create a sense of indifference, which is not not neutrality. Indifference is, is different, yeah? So now you're in this movement where oneness is oneness, now you're in two-ness, and two-ness is this movement. <laughs> Connected, disconnected, yes? I entertain peace, I entertain not peace. So if you entertain a peace, which has the other side of not peace, that's not the peace we're talking about here. Because the peace we're talking about doesn't have a second, yes? The peace most of us, that's why I believe Bill W. was, was inferring with the statements, you'll know, have a new freedom and a new happiness. You'll have a new attitude and a new outlook. You won't have the typical attitude and outlook, which is based on duality. You'll have a new attitude and outlook based on singularity. You'll have new eyes and new ears to see and hear. Everyone has the eyes and ears, but the seeing and hearing are different. One is based on duality, one is based on singularity. What did he say? If your third eye is full? You remember that one? Jesus said something about the third eye. When the third eye is full, the third eye represents singularity of vision, yes? Not duality of eyes. The third eye is seeing. These are looking. So when the seeing is when the seeing is acknowledged as singularity, then you see you love thy neighbor as thyself because there's no freaking difference. It's not something you can practice in duality. <laughs> there's a recognition, and these are examples of a singular a singularity view in life. It's not based on you doing anything. I'm not going to go home and practice loving my neighbor as myself. So that's what's happened. Yeah, so now it's been 10, 11 years, I guess. Time doesn't matter. But I've been entertaining it. Because it's very, very exciting for me still. I'm very enthused by it. Me, not. But there's an enthusiasm. Because it's unbelievable to look into an infinite portal. And it's unbelievable to look into an infinite portal and have it come looking out. Yes. I never get tired of it. Not yet, anyway. And of course, it's not a me to get tired or not tired. It's just this language, but there's just this looking. And I feel confident enough that knowing the plight you're in, because you have alcoholism, and alcoholism is just a very, very, very nasty parasite. And most of us... I have confidence in talking to you because I'm not looking at who you are. I'm looking at what's taking you over. Because I lived underneath that takeover for years. Yeah? So I, and AA revealed its traits and characteristics. We've, we've seen the beast. At least others have. And they're hopefully illuminating our vision so that we can recognize the beast. And all I'm adding on to it is maybe you can see that I'm not that. Instead of going out to get therapy for it and self-esteem for it, but to recognize I'm not that. Yeah. How can you improve this? It's, it's like a snake, being nice to a snake, expecting it not to bite you. It's its nature. <laughs> you know what I mean? Its nature is to, 
is to survive as this, as this thought called a self. It's going to look at life, it's never looking at life, it's thinking and rehashing life always based on the premise of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Why waste your time trying to convince it otherwise? Just realize it's not you. Yeah? Then what you are, I would say you're more the awareness of that mental activity. So, any questions tonight? Yeah. I find that uh, every time that uh, I realize that all of what you said of the self is not really the self, it's, it seems that to me I get a backlash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's the parasite. It's hostile, yeah, though. Well, the thing is, the parasite, when when it has total dominion over you, there's a certain weird comfort in it. Yeah, because it's not buzzing everywhere, at least it does, it's not really giving you the big sting you're really afraid of. But when you stick a little stick up into the west, the hive, it flips out a little. Yeah, yeah. And then it, its advertising gets a little more uh, well-produced, yes? And let, maybe have a little more duration. And it may not just knock on your front door or go to the back door or the side door, the skylight, the cellar, you'll hear it creaking, <laughs> knocking. It'll come at you every way to hook you. Yeah. To hook your attention to get back in line, basically. Of course, it's like a pot, it's like a possession. It doesn't want to give up the territory because you're the only territory it has. As you know, parasites really don't have a life other than the one offered through the host. They need the host to have a life. So this is not going to let you go. That's why if you look at people with addiction and stuff, very few of them die when they probably would have liked to have died. <laughs> They're still limping around and have abscesses and chucking around. They just can't seem to be killed. <laughs> yeah, really. Have you noticed some of them? They're unbelievable. They've treated themselves totally like shit for 60 years and they're still cooking. Yeah? The parasite doesn't want to let go of it. It's only got one host in a way. <laughs> but it's just one. See, in, in, in Hinduism, I'm crossing a lot of lines here, but in Hinduism, they have a thing called samsaras, or samskaras, and which are called, they're like deep mental grooves, yeah? They're, they're the habits that, get, that seem to have a big imprint through your life. You know, certain things that don't seem that, no matter how much therapy or socialization, you're just an asshole, let's say, whatever, you know? <laughs> Something just doesn't change. It's like a deep mental groove. Well, alcoholism is one of the deepest mental grooves expressed around here. It's the deepest I've ever seen. And it has, it has acting out, minor acting out, but it's a chronic take over, yeah, 24-7, even when it seems to be the good times, it's still chronically taking you over, and at any moment, it can take over big time. Once, it, it, through an advertising in your head, convinces you, yes, or you get so identified with it through believing it, it sets off a torrent of thought that leads to usual action that if you haven't drank, it will lead to an emotional hangover. You'll act out, and you'll have an incredible hangover for a few days. Have you ever had one of those? I've had it because I've been sober for a while. I've had a couple of emotional hangovers. They're really nasty. 
They like they bring you back to the state you always were in back then. You really act out, and you put your foot in your mouth big time, and the shit hits the fan, and the the wasp nest just goes bananas up there, and you're in hell, really, literally. It's just, and you don't, you can't seem to break off from the screen. That's like a one of the final steps of a takeover, you know, when the parasite just really gets like inflamed. So you want to see for me in a way. Alcoholism, just the, act, the activity of alcoholism. Alcoholism is like a big dog, yeah? And for some of us, it's asleep now. And in our house, we have full reign over our house now. We can go everywhere, with this and that. It's really pretty nice. We can watch TV, with this and that. But if that dog wakes up, it takes over. It's huge. It shits all over the place. You've got to walk it constantly. It's barking, goes crazy. So I'll tell you, it behooves you, if that dog's asleep, to honor that that dog's asleep. And honor what had something to do with having that dog asleep, and that's the program of AA, or recovery. Because if you don't honor it, and you sort of think that is going to be the same when you leave, it may be the same, but you may not be. When you come back, you may not like the medicine anymore. You may, and that obsession may come back that you'll have to wrestle with every day. And many of us have been freed from that obsession. And that grace is what's giving us all the freedom we have here. If we had that intense compulsion to use, most of us don't have a defense against it. We would go for it sooner or later. But that has been removed from most of us. So it really has, when people think they had anything to do with this, I would like to see how good they would do if that compulsion was placed back. With the same ferocity it had before. We had nothing to do with it. Something relieved me of that. Something occurred, and I was relieved of that, and that allowed me to have all these ideas of, oh, I'm choosing to live a spiritual life. No freaking way. Your life would have been indelibly tattooed just like it was going. Yeah? Did you ever stand up to that urge? Not I. No freaking way. And all the times when it arose, I never won. It may, I may not have complied with it immediately, but a day or two later, I did. Three days, four days. Somehow, the contract was signed again with the devil, so to speak, and my life was again totally its, and it used me like it always did, just like it's using many of us here. Well, you've met a power greater than it, man. But the way, but you see, the tricky thing is, it knows it's going to need a power greater than itself. So it has you tricked to believe you're it. So when you meet a greater power than it, you think you're meeting it as you. And the you neuters the effect of that greater power. Yeah. If you can realize I'm not self, then the greater power is you. And then you neuter the power of the parasite. Obviously, 22 years now. I mean, my, you know, when I was out there, the state wanted to find the switch to turn off the compulsion. People who hated me wanted to find the switch. People who liked me wanted to find the switch. My mother wanted to find the switch. I wanted to find the switch. No human power could find the switch. I mean, I did not want to keep being run by this, but something switched that thing off in, an, in one second. It didn't take me days to stop drinking. I stopped drinking, and that was that. Bingo. What, more, what bigger demonstration would you want in your life? To me, I don't need to be convinced one iota more. It, it demonstrated on the biggest stage of, of my performance, this, called, this historical action figure called Paul Hedeman's little play here, 
The biggest dilemma it ever faced was alcoholism. It was the major influence in most of my life. And then it was removed. The root of it was cut in one day, 22 years ago. And I've been free. The problem does not exist for me. That, to me, is a solution. But as a me, the problem will always exist for you as a me. Always exist for you. There's no... The problem will never be seen as if it doesn't exist when the problem exists as you. No matter how great the solution is, if you're entertaining it as the problem, that, that, that problem will never stop existing for you because it's existing as you. So every solution it touches, it causes it to be a problem. If you're the problem, it causes every solution to be a problem, if not seen. So the problem doesn't exist for me because it doesn't exist as me. It doesn't exist as me. The problem is your identification as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That is the problem. And it doesn't exist as me. And so therefore it looks like it doesn't exist for me. So, I went to a meeting the other day in a group.